Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Psalm the 11th chapter. In verse 3 it says, If... The foundations are destroyed. What can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, what can the, what can the, what can the righteous do? We are the righteous, aren't we? We're, we're the righteous ones. Some people know not everybody in the world is righteous. There's a lot of wicked people in this world. But thank God you and I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means we're right in the sight of God. As right as God is right in his own sight. As God is right in his, God looks in the mirror and sees righteousness. He looks over at us, sees the exact same thing. He's made us that righteous. The righteousness of God. And so we are the right, and he says, what can the righteous do if the foundations are destroyed? Let me read this from the Amplified Bible. It says, if the foundations of a godly society are destroyed. What can the righteous do? So it gives a little bit more insight into what it's talking about there. Of a godly foundations of a godly society. I heard someone just on the news uh, this past week after after the elections on Tuesday that took place in Georgia and they said there's a complete change now that's taking place with the change of our government. That this will be the end of faith and traditional values. And so, I mean, that's on the news. And this is what a lot of people are proclaiming. A lot of people are declaring that they are going to change our nation. They're going to change, change the very foundation of our nation, which was raised up on godly principles, godly values. And so those are the traditional values, the values that come from God's word. And there's folks that are planning on changing those things and are in a position where they could do that. The contemporary English Bible says it this way. When the very bottom of things falls out, what can a righteous person possibly accomplish? What can a righteous person, what can he do? What can he accomplish in, in the world if now it's illegal to preach the gospel? If it's illegal to... Sh- to convert people to Christianity, turn people to Jesus. If it's illegal to do those things and, and Christians are now scattered and on the run, they're not allowed to gather together in the house of God, it will affect what they can accomplish. It'll hinder what they can accomplish. And we've seen that in other nations throughout the world. There's other places in the world right now where it's illegal to preach the gospel. So that is a very, very serious thing. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Now when you look up that word substance, it means a laying under, a foundation. So faith is the substance. Faith is the foundation of things hoped for. And the Bible tells us over in 1 John that faith is the victory. That overcomes the world. Now Jesus said concerning his return. How many people know he's coming back? Concerning his return. He said. 
when he comes, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? See, because faith is the foundation. Faith is the foundation. It's through our faith in God that God is able to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in our lives, through our lives, in our nation, in the world. It's faith in God. So what the church does at this time, the kind of God that they put their trust in, what they believe in, it is essential to how things are going to turn out in the days ahead. We need to put our trust in the truth of God's word. And that's why the Bible says over in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says, but if I am delayed... I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Are you in the house of God this morning? Hallelujah. Now, thank God you and I have become God's house. Because when we gave our lives to Jesus and received of his Holy Spirit, he came to live on the inside of us. And our bodies became the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we are God's house. But then there is an actual place where believers are called to gather together, the local church. And that is also the house of God, as we see right here. He's talking about how you conduct yourself, not in your body, but in the house of God. He's talking about in the church where we gather together. Which is, talking about the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The pillar and ground of the truth. Notice that the ground of the truth. The Amplified Bible says it the found says it this way, the foundation of the truth. So the foundation of the truth is found in the house of God. It's in the church. It's among God's people. We are the source of traditional values, godly values. God's way of thinking, God's way of living, God's way of doing things. We, you and I, are the source of that in the earth. That's why he called us the salt of the earth. You and I are his salt, his light in this world. So how goes the church? Goes the nation. Goes the world. And if 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 the church begins to draw back away from the light... Draw back from the spirit of truth. Draw back from God's word and begins to embrace human wisdom. The wisdom of men. People put their faith in all kinds of things. But it's faith in God's word that works. It's faith in God's word that brings the almighty, all-powerful God on the scene to change things. And so, you know, I can't say what's going on in all the churches around the world. I, I don't know. I don't go to all the churches around the world. I do know that we've had many ministers come into our church over the years that do travel to churches all over the world, all over this nation. And all of them say the same thing. That when they go around to all these churches, churches that came out of the same Bible school I did, they say a lot of them, they're not praying churches. They don't pray. I said, well, what in the world are they doing? I mean, Jesus said, my house shall be called a, a house of prayer. I mean, that don't even make sense to me. 
but, the, but they're, not, they're not praying. There's like no faith. Everything's just man-pleasing, trying to make the congregation happy, comfortable, make everybody want to be there. And this is the norm, and this is what I'm told by minister after minister that travels and comes here. I'm not saying we're the only thing out there. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that there's a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, but is there a lot of faith? Is there a lot of faith in the God of the Bible, in this all-powerful, almighty God that is more than enough to change things? Well, that's, you know, that's the report I, I hear, and I'm not going to sit here and go around judging all the other churches. It's not my job to judge another man's servant. That's not my job. But my job is to make sure there's faith in this house. That's my job. That the people that I'm to minister to, whether they're here or on the Internet or wherever, I, it's my job to make sure that you're getting faith. You're getting a hold of the power of God. And it's happening. We're here. We're full of faith. We got the power of God. We believe in a big God. We believe in a God that's more than enough. And he's more than able to change things that are taking place in our world today. So much of the foundation has been compromised. The foundation of this Godly society that we live in, in this land called America that we live in, it's been compromised. But we're here. And we can help turn it around. When we see things like this going on and we hear reports and all this threatening, what, what, what should that do to us? It should make us to want to step up. Step it up. Go over there. I mean, if you haven't been wearing your armor, put the thing on. Just been wearing your hangout clothes, your hangout Christianity clothes. Thank God for that. But man, put on your armor. Now's the time to make sure your helmet's adjusted, your sword is polished. Stand in front of the mirror and swing the thing around. I'm talking about the sword of God's word. I mean, be declaring God's word, speaking the word of God. We need to be found declaring the word of God like never before. We need to be found praising Him like never before. What do you mean? Exalting him like never before. Because there are so many other things exalting themselves. So many works of the devil are being exalted. That's the devil exalting himself among men. Man, we got to put him back in his place. We got to remind him, wait, 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 wait. Our God is a big God. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. And we lift our voices and we praise him and we thank him and we give him the glory that he deserves. Hallelujah. Magnify the Lord. Let's get, now's the time to be really, really good at it. Now's not the time to be silent and passive and just full of doubt and the fear of this world, just entangled with the cares of this life. No, this is a great opportunity for us. This is a great opportunity for us to, to turn things back to the Lord. To see people saved, brought into the kingdom of God. Like I was getting one day when I was praying, just not too long ago, the Lord spoke to my heart. And what, what just rose up in my heart was, it's time for a great awakening. It's time for a great awakening. And you know what? There are things happening in the world that are causing people to sit up. 
and wipe the smog out of their eyes. And people are so hungry now for understanding of what's going on. Now, they might not even realize right now, you're the one with the understanding. You got the truth. You got the answer. But, but people, people are starting to wipe their eyes. People that weren't, the people just walking around in the dark, didn't care. They loved the darkness. Now they're like, I need some light here. Where is this all going? What's going to happen next? Hey, I need to see something here. And so now, folks, they're looking. They're waking up. They're waking up. Well, I see, that's a setup. They're waking up in the natural as a setup for a great awakening in the spirit. For people getting born again, getting saved, because we have the answer. And, you know, the answer is so simple. It's Jesus. It's always the same. Jesus is always the answer. And there's nothing too hard for him. Nothing too difficult for him. So just like the church of old that we read about in the book of Acts, you and I are to rise up and be known as those who turn the world upside down. Do you know the early church had that reputation? I mean, people, people literally cried out. The wicked. The wicked cried out and said, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. They've come to our city. They've turned the world upside down. Praise God. That's a good reputation to have. Crying out. Ah, now they've come here. They've started another work over here. Just like the demons when Jesus came on the scene. You know, there were demon-possessed people. They would just cry out. Ah! What have we to do with you, Jesus? Have you come to torment us? I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus didn't have a big conversation. He'd just say, quiet. Come out. Hallelujah. Quiet and come out. And that's all it took for Jesus. To cast out the troublemaker. The instigator of all the world's problems. Do you know the devil is the instigator of all the world's problems? And did you know that you had authority over him in the name of Jesus? And so when you bring in the name of Jesus, it's just like Jesus standing there himself saying, quiet, come out. Same thing. You and I have that same authority. Bring Jesus on the scene to command the devil to cease and desist in his maneuvers and operations against us. That's the kind of authority you and I have. But now if we don't walk in it, see, if we just sit back and we just let the enemy come in and just destroy our society and and just drive out faith in the word of God and we don't do anything about it, we just kind of sit back and say, well, you know, God's going to do something, he's going to do it. God's in charge, God's in control. If we just sit back with that kind of attitude, see, then the foundations will be destroyed. Let's go over to the book of Timothy. First, uh, First Timothy chapter 2. He says, therefore, I exhort, I encourage you, first of all, Everybody say, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. That he said, that's, that's, let that be number one. First of all, let that be the number one thing. 
that you take care of. And that is praying, interceding for who? All men, for kings, and all who are in authority. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. God wants you to live a nice, quiet, good, godly, peaceful life. But he knows to have that in this world, you have to pray for the government. You have to bring Christian influence into the government. And so, you know, the church needs to be busy about this. Making this, first, making this a priority. First of all, this is a priority. We're praying for people. Man, it just seems like everybody's losing their minds. Well, are you praying for them? Man, that person's crazy. Man, can you believe what they said? Did you pray for them? Look at this nutcase over here. Did you pray for him? Is he an old man? Bible says to pray for all men. It didn't say to mock them. It didn't say to ridicule them. It said to pray for them. Sure, if they're, if they're out of their mind, that means the devil's got control of their life. So we need to come in there and say, devil, we know you're the instigator. We you know you're the one behind this. We understand we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. I command you to cease and desist in your maneuvers and operations against this nation, against our lives, through this person. Now, Lord, we thank you for your hand upon this situation to bring about change. And so forth, to deal with these people accordingly. And, it, you know, it just depends. You know, how you pray is important. We're not just going around in the, in the business of blessing everybody. Oh, Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. Lord, bless them. You're not supposed to bless everything that moves. Some things aren't supposed to be blessed. Some things need to be judged. Some things need to experience the judgment of God. So we need to be led by the Spirit of God in our praying. Thank God the Holy Spirit, He'll help us to pray. He'll lead us in our praying. And then, of course, like I said, Wednesday night, it bears repeating, I've written a book. Written a few books. One of them is called, How to Pray for the Governing Authorities. And you need to get yourself a copy of it if you don't have one. We have one in the bookstore out here in the, uh, in the foyer. And if you've read it, read it again. Now, I'm not just saying that to say it. But, I mean, that's a revelation to us. God has given us. And it's based on this scripture right here. How to pray this scripture right here effectively, correctly. Because even though there are a lot of Christians that are praying, they aren't praying in faith. And they aren't praying correctly. So we're not getting anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. So God needs all hands on deck because he works through our faith. You say, God needs? Yeah, he works through our faith. So number one, we're going to pray. Number two, we're going to pray correctly and effectively. So I, I encourage you to do that. also have another book. That I've written. It's called The Truth Concerning the Great Tribulation. A Faith Guide for the Final Days is the subtitle. I had written that a long, long time ago. And I've just revised it. And I'm hoping to have it to you by the end of February next month. The revised edition. So just get ready. It's coming soon. And it's in season. But you see, God spoke to me years ago about things that will be coming to pass in the last days. We just did a, a teaching this past year in 2020 
on the book of Revelation. And we even found in the book of Revelation, America. And we saw that America the beautiful would become America the Babylon. The whore of Babylon. She would be like a prostitute. Full of perversion and corrupt. And totally transformed from the way it is today. Now again, that's something that uh, you, if you weren't a part of those teaching, that, those, that teaching series that I did, it's online and you can go. Just, it's just a matter of you taking the time. It's free. It's there. And actually, we have it in the bookstore now. We have the whole series. And you can just listen to that and get more insight into the things that are to come to pass in the last days. Because, friend, I got news for you. These things are coming to pass at rapid pace right now. There is like this acceleration and there's a lot of things that are going on right now. It's like, yeah, we, we, you know, this is, this, is in, this is in the book of Revelation. This is in my book. I mean, it's happening. Things are things that we did a, a study on the book of Daniel. The things we, we, did, we were look, looking at in the book of Daniel. The empire of the Antichrist that would rise up in the last. Man, it's right there. It, all these things are happening right now as we speak. But then the Lord showed me there, there's some things that are not to be coming to pass as of yet. And that the enemy has stepped out ahead of himself to try to bring some things to pass. And it's accelerating and it's happening, but it's not to be. So it's up to the church to stand up against that. And to say, no, 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 not yet. It's America the beautiful. It's beautiful. It's the home of the brave. It's the home of those of faith. It's, a, it's the home of those who put their trust in God. For it's in God we trust. It's in God we trust. That's, that's who America trusts in. Well, maybe not everybody, but we do. We trust in him. And I was, you know, I was pondering the scripture this past week over in uh, Chronicles. Where it says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray... And, see, and you think he shouldn't have to say that, right? But we just heard about a lot of churches aren't even praying churches. So if my people who are called by my name, Christ, Christians, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I would hear from heaven, I would forgive them of their sins and heal their land. So I said to the Lord this week, I said, now wait, you know, a lot of times we just pray that, right? We just pray that. And he said, he would heal our land if we would do that. So, so let me ask you a question, folks. When is he going to heal our land? He said, well, when, when we pray and seek his face and, and when we do that. Have you done that yet? Have you, are you his people? Are you called by his name? Have you humbled yourself and prayed? Saw his face, you seek his face, it's a regular thing. Turn from the wicked things of this world, not entertained by it, not, not partakers of it, but you turn from the wicked things of this world. Well, then he said he would hear you when you pray. And he said you'd have what you asked for, and he would heal the land. So when's he going to heal the land? Well, you see, it's when you believe you receive what he said. See, a lot of times we keep putting off the answers to our prayers into the future. 
It's always, it's going to happen. He's going to heal our land. He's going to heal our land. Well, he told you exactly when he was going to do it. He said, when you pray, seek his face, turn from your wicked ways, turn from, turn from following the ways of this world to following his way of doing things, getting back to the Bible, getting back to the truth. He said, when you do that, he said, he would heal the land. So I just thought, I said, Lord, I've done that. I'm your people. I've done that. And so I thank you. Hallelujah. Woo, I receive the healing of the land. Praise God. Hallelujah. America's being healed. America's being healed. See, I, I got over into faith about it rather than always putting the thing off into the future. That this is something that's going to happen someday when God's people turned from their wicked ways, followed him, but bless God, I've done it. So for me, I've received it. I've received it. Praise God. Now I'm in faith about it, declaring God is healing our land. God is healing our land. That, mean, that might mean he has to go in and do some surgery. He might have to cut some things out. He might have to take out some things that are trying to destroy our land. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what all is involved in it. I have no idea what all is involved in it. I don't know. I just know God's healing our land. See? And that's now my confession. That's where I, I, I'm in faith concerning that scripture. A lot of times people quote the scripture, but they never get into faith about it. And faith believes that it has received what God has promised. It, it has received it. Faith is either present or past tense. It's not future tense where it's going to happen someday. No, bless God, it's happened. Hallelujah. Well, if God is healing our land, it's happening right now because I've obeyed his word and I've received that promise from him. If he's healing our land, then praise God, healing people, healing individuals. Wouldn't you think that's a part of it? I mean, is, is God going to go out and he's going to do something to the topsoil in America? He's going to go out into America and he's going he's to fix the topsoil. He's going to heal the buildings. No, he's not going to heal the buildings. He's going to heal the land by healing the people. Healing the people. So praise God. Healing is taking place. Healing is taking place. God wants the peoples of the land healed. Now, if he wants the people of the land healed, how much more does he want the people of God healed that are in the land? Because we're not just the people of the land. We're the people of God. And really, our home is a heavenly home. That's where, that's where we're headed. But he also said that wherever the foot of your feet walk, he said, he said I'll give that to you. So praise God, he's given it to us. He's given this land right here on the earth to us so that his will can be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Praise God forever. So thank God as believers, you and I are healed. We're healthy. We're strong. We're a strong, healthy group of people. I mean, you think about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. Here they were. They were slaves to the Egyptians. They were in total bondage to the Egyptians, to Pharaoh, who's really a type of the devil, who the Bible refers to as the God of this world. Here they were slaves and in bondage to Pharaoh, to the Egyptians, to the wicked. 
But the Bible says God brought them out and he brought them out miraculously. Oh, hallelujah. I mean, it was signs and wonders after. I mean, that year was a year of the miraculous. It was a year of the miraculous, praise God. God was doing miracle after miracle in, in, their, in their own lives. So that when they actually came out of Egypt, the Bible says there wasn't one feeble among, not one feeble one among them, or one feeble among all their tribes. There wasn't one feeble among all their tribes. Not, think about that. These folks have been slaves for years, have been uh, malnourished, abused. I mean, you've got people of all ages, you've got the elderly there, and not one is feeble. They were all healthy. They were all strong. And then, it says in a couple of different places, he brought them out with silver and gold. Now, the, the, I mean, the Egyptians were completely plundered. What happened to the Egyptians was judgment. But what happened to the children of God that came out was glorious. God brought them out. He elevated them. I mean, things were looking really bad in the land, but God brought them out. And blessed their lives so that everyone was healthy, not even a feeble one among them, and they were rich in silver and in gold. That's God's will. That's God's will. So that's how we turn the world upside down. Aren't you ready to turn the world upside down? Well, I just I just want my bills paid. <laughs> See, we just get in the box. We just get in the box. You hear a message like this? Oh, yeah, it's curious. And then we just go right back into the box. Listen, I just need to get my bills paid. I don't understand half of what's going on in this world. It's just too big for me. I just God's in control. And I'll just put all that off on somebody else. No, God needs you. He's looking for you to rise up. He needs all hands on deck. He needs you to rise up in faith. Because he himself said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Well, Lord, if you were to return in our time, the answer is yes, right here. Right here. Now, you think about it. You go back to Noah. This is how serious it is that you get into faith. You go back to the days of Noah. I mean, the whole world, the whole world was corrupt. Everybody, everybody had turned wicked except for Noah. He was the only righteous man on the earth. See, we've got we to get a hold of this because we can't, we can't just keep thinking, somebody else has got this. God don't need me. God needs you. You might as well just sign up to be a Noah. Be a Noah. You're going to put your trust in God. You're not going to put your trust in man to trust in God. When I'm trusting, I'm trusting the pastor. Don't trust in me, dear God. Trust in him. Put your trust in him. I'm trusting in these people around me. They seem pretty fired up. They got it covered. No, trust in God yourself. You got to trust in him yourself. Every single one of us knows, needs to know how to put faith in God. And trust him. Because the evil time comes. And there are some things that other people aren't going to be able to help you with. You're going to have to know God for yourself. You're going to have to know him for yourself. You're going to have to know how to trust in him for yourself. Know how to hear from him. Believe you receive from him. And walk in faith. And not by sight. That no matter what's going on. You call those things that be not. 
that seem to not be? You call them as though they are, even though it looks like they're not? That's, that's, that's living and walking by faith. You're trusting in what God says more than anything else that you see or, you, or you're hearing in this world. And we all need that kind of faith. I said every single one of us. Noah was the only righteous man that God could find. And God used him to save the entire human race. God needs you. God needs you. Praise God. And the people around you, these great people that are around you in faith, and this great faith pastor that's in front of you right now, I need you. We need each other. We need everybody to be bringing their supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ and standing together. Even the apostle Paul was pleading with the church. He said, pray for us. Pray for me. Help us. I mean, we're on the front lines, man. We're out there. We're risking our lives every day going into some really rough places. We need your prayer support. We need backup. Enough, you know, done, we're done with the days of, you know, some man of God dies and people go, now, gee, I wonder why that happened. Huh. I wonder what, I wonder what he had going on in his life that that happened to him. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't going on in his life, perhaps. Perhaps he didn't have support from prayer warriors. Perhaps there weren't people that had his back. I'm just saying. Oh, man, I wonder what happened to him. Gee, that's too bad. That's, that's lousy. Oh, man. And then, then you die and you go to heaven and you find out God's holding you responsible for not holding up his arms. For not doing your part, bringing your supply. Come on, every one of you are in the kingdom of God now. You have a supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And you need to bring it. I said you need to bring it. When you come to church, you need to bring it. Because when we gather together, we encourage each other. We strengthen each other. If all you can bring is a yawn, is all you can bring is a heavy eyelids, if all you can bring is a little praise God, if that's all you can bring, you are not doing your part. Now, that's not a condemnation. That's encouragement. That you're needed. You're important. You're vital to the plan and purpose of God in this world. He needs you. Isn't that awesome? That's an awesome thing. That's a compliment. I could just sit here and say, oh, you're just a little worm. Saved by grace. If God wants to do something, he can do it. He don't need you, you little puny thing. I, could, I can religiosize you. And just be Lilia. And a lot of times people, yes, they, they agree with that so easily. They disagree with all that spewing. But not you and I. No, no, no. We respond to the word of God. That we are the body of Christ. Members together with him, bless God. We have authority to change things in this world. We got authority over the devil. We got the truth of the living God. Hallelujah. And this foundation ain't going to be totally destroyed as long as we're here. I said it's not going to be destroyed as long as we're here. We're going to do our part. We're going to fight this good fight of faith. We're going to lay hold of everything that God's got for us. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, the uh, early church, when they were here in this world, there was a lot of tyranny. 
There was a lot of oppression over their lives. But yet, they were those that turned things around. They turned it upside. Man, they went in there. I mean, think about where they started. You and I have started in a land that's generally free. We can gather together. We can preach, hear the gospel. I mean, we got off to a really nice start with a good foundation under us. They didn't have any foundation. They just had a bunch of religion in Israel, and their whole society was oppressed by tyranny. They were completely under government rule that oppressed them, treated them like like garbage, like slaves, just like when they were in Egypt. But yet... When they got a hold of Jesus, when they got a hold of the word of God, they rose up in the face of all of that that had already been established to begin to lay a foundation that hadn't been laid before. Or that had been laid but was completely compromised, corrupted, destroyed. At that time, it was totally destroyed. But now here they come on the scene to rebuild the very foundations of the truths of God's word. Think of what they were up against. But you know what? They did it. They did. Their faith did it. Their faith changed kingdoms, nations. It changed the world. We're here today in this glorious nation because of what they did back then, what they set in motion, the foundation that they laid. Now you and I need to be building on it, building on it, building on and. I hate to say it, do some repairing of it. We got to do some repairing of that foundation. But man, if they, can, if they can lay a foundation, do what they did in such a wicked society, what can you and I do today? What can you and I do today? Come on, somebody. We got the keys to the kingdom. We've got the answers. We've got the truth. We've got the faith to overcome the world and to fix things. Did you get that? If they can lay the foundation, you and I can at least fix the thing. Right? We can make some repairs to it. Can't we do that? It's so bad. It's so bad. It's not nearly as bad as it was in the book of Acts. But they believed in a big God. And he came through for them. He came on the day of Pentecost as a mighty rushing wind. They stood up. They preached the gospel. They declared it. Peter stood up. He preached the gospel. He was unafraid, not intimidated, and he spoke the truth without any compromise. And man, it just cut people to the heart. Just cut people to the heart. You know, we got to let the Holy Spirit work and stop apologizing for God. Stop apologizing for the word of God. Let the word cut. Let the, let the word of God work in people's lives. Let's say it like it is. Well, that's not really acceptable, uh, you know, in today's, in today's world. Well, it wasn't acceptable in, in, their, in their world either. Back in the book of Acts, it was accepted. And, and, and many times they went to prison for it. And as we'll get into it here in the book of Acts, you know, chapter after chapter, now you start, start seeing them going to prison, and now some are even being executed. They're being executed, but they continue to give their life, give their life to the, to the cause of Christ, doing whatever, whatever was necessary 
to get the gospel out, to, to, to reestablish that truth in the land and throughout the lands of the earth. And they did it. Praise God, and we're going to do it too. Bless God, in fact, we're doing it. It's already begun. I said it's already begun. Oh, hallelujah, the great awakening. I'm telling you what, some of the negative things that are going on in the world will only serve to have been the wake-up. For those that, they couldn't hear the gospel, but they could hear, they could see some of the things going on in the natural, but you see, then that opened them up to the gospel. We're going to fill the void. We're not going to, this is not the time to be silent. This is not, understand, there's a void out there. Jesus said it this way in John 4. He said, lift up your eyes and look. For the harvest is, is ripe and ready. And he was talking about humanity. He, he was letting his disciples know, it's ripe for harvest. In other words, these people are ready to be brought into the kingdom of God. They're ready to be reaped and brought into the kingdom of God. Friend, I believe that's where we are right now. Lift up your eyes and see. It's harvest time. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's harvest time. It's a great awakening time. We believe that. We embrace that. We take hold of that. We declare that. We walk in that. We expect that. What happens if we don't? And you know, you, just, you see this all the time. So you got Christians, they talk big. You got these Christians that talk big and say, God's going to come through. God's got a plan. God has a way. He makes a way where there is no way. And then as it, as, as it begins to look worse and worse and worse in their eyes, as it begins to look worse and worse and worse, then they start saying different things. Then they start saying, well, God's in control. God's in charge of whoever is in power. He, he raises one up and he takes another one down. And so, you know, God, God is in control. In other words, they're just surrendering. They're just surrendering. They're just turning it over to what's to be is to be. And ultimately, if God wants this one in power, he puts that one in power. And, uh, and, and if he doesn't want this one in power, then he removes that one. You know, everything happens for a reason. So if it's happening, it's for a reason. You know, God has a reason for it. And you see, and then all of a sudden, these big, bold Christians, this is what they turn into. Because it's not going their way. But you and I, when it looks worse and it looks worse and it looks worse, we get more and more worked up in our faith. It just emboldens us. We just get more and more bold. Right? We just get more and more bold and say, no, it's going to be God's way. Because we say so. So whenever you say this, whenever you say it's going to be God's way, uh, be specific. Can you give me some specifics? Huh? Yeah, specifics. Like, what do you have faith in? I have faith. God's going to do it. He's going to do what? He's got a plan. What is it? I don't know his plan. You don't know his plan? You haven't been reading his plan book. What's God's plan for your life? It's in the plan book. Find the plan find the plan. I could show you all kinds of plans. There's plans in Isaiah. There's plans in Psalms. There's all kinds of plans in there, man. I got the playbook. I said, I got the playbook. It's, it's, it's all right there. I got his plan. I can see it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 37. We don't have time to get into it, but I shared it Wednesday night, but that's just one. I mean, like I said, I, I can give you a whole slew of scriptures. That God's been given me. He's, I mean, he's been revealing his plan. So you say, do you have a word for me, brother? 
It's New King James. <laughs> See, a lot of folks run around trying to find some kind of prophetic word. We have a more sure word than any other word that might be spoken out there by the Spirit through somebody. Are you hearing me? This is a more sure word. Let's get in there and find out what God's saying. And I love this word. See, because it's the same today as it was yesterday. See, it's always the same. It's relevant. God's word is relevant to your life right now. I mean, God's, God's news is right here. God's news. God's news. Praise God. Let's get God's news. There's no reason for any one of us to be ignorant. Get God's news. Find what he's saying. Get in agreement with him. Get in agreement. Don't take sides against the word. Get in agreement with what God's saying and start saying it yourself. And if you start saying something else, then you're not in agreement with his word. You're, now you're contradicting his word. Now you're not being a help. So let's find out, what does God say? What's God saying about your life personally? What's God saying about the, the life of the church? What is God saying about our society, our land? What, what's, what's God saying about these things today? Now, get in faith about it, because if you don't get... See, here's the thing. It's not just that he said it, it's that somebody had to believe it. Somebody has to believe it. Somebody has to believe it. And in some things, in some things, just like in an election... Everybody needs to vote. Everybody needs to believe in the kingdom of God. Let's get all our believing in. Let's get all our believing in. So that God can do great and wonderful things. The things that he's planned, the things he wants to do. Oh, hallelujah. Let's raise our faith to a higher level now. Praise God. Let's walk around bold as lions declaring what God says. I'm in faith about what he said. Hallelujah. That's what we're declaring. That's what we're saying. That's what we're having. Praise God. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. He said that. That's his will. I'm going to have it. Hallelujah. Pray how. Well, like I said, we can go to other scriptures on how. One of the ways is pray for those who are in authority. That we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Do it. Let's go. Let's believe it. Let's receive it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me this morning. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.